Hello, my name is Diana Rocha and welcome back to my podcast. So in today's podcast, I'll be talking to you guys about 2.6 factoring special products. So how can you recognize and factor special products? So our first example is factoring the difference of two squares, a squared minus b squared equals a plus b, and that's in parentheses, and in the other parentheses is a minus b. So you're going to factor out, so factor, and then the first one is x squared minus 25. So now you're going to fact, um, do the square root of x, which is 1x, and then parentheses squared minus 5x, 5 squared. So to, so since we don't have a middle term, you have to do, um, there's a shortcut and it only works with the subtraction sign in the middle and it also only works if you're subtracting perfect squares so it'll be 1x plus 5 and then 1x minus 5 so that will be your answer and then our second example is how do you factor perfect square trinomials so um, factoring perfect square trinomials a squared plus or minus a b plus b squared equals a plus or minus b squ- squared. So we have to factor each polynomial. So n squared plus 8n plus 16. So factor, so square, do the square root of 16, which is 4 to the power of 2, because 4 to the power of 2 gives you 16, so that's the square root. And then n, and then in the outside of the parentheses, squared. So since... Since it is n squared plus 8n plus 16, n plus 4 squared will be the answer. And if, to check if that's right, you have to do n times 4, which will give you 4n, and then 4n times 2, which will give you 8n, and 8n is the middle term. So that's how you know your polynomial is correct. So a perfect square was is when you answer when the same it's okay so for an example 4 times 4 gives you 16 4 and 4 are the same number so when you multiply the same number together its answer will be a perfect square so the answer of two numbers that are the same that are being multiplied by each other the answer is a perfect square square if you don't have a middle term you have to do um You'll have to do x minus and then the number and then x plus and then the same number. So an example of that is n squared minus 81 equals 0. So you have to do um, the square root of 81. So n minus 9 squared equals 0 and plus 9 equals 0. So you're going to subtract 9 to both sides and add 9 to both sides. And your roots will be positive 9 and negative 9. So solving a polynomial equation. So you have to solve x squared plus 2x. 2 over 3x plus 1 over 9 equals 0. So to get rid of these fractions, you have to find the greatest common factor out of the fractions. That will give you a whole number. So... Um, the greatest common factor for the fractions is 9, so you're going to multiply, distribute 9 to everything. So that would, that would be in the parentheses, which would be x squared plus 2 over 3x plus 1 over 9. So you're going to distribute that. 
and that's going to give you 9x squared plus 6x plus 1 equals 0. Now you're going to um, square root the first term and the last term. You're going to leave the middle term alone. So square root of 9 is 3x, and then square root of 1 is still 1, and that squared equals 0. So 3x plus 1 equals 0. Subtract 1 to both sides, bring down the 3x, and bring down the negative 1, and then divide by 3 to get the variable by itself, and x equals negative 1 over 3, and this gives you repeated roots. Okay. So, my summary for this is that when you factoring when factoring the difference of two squares, one has to be positive and the other has to be negative. Factoring perfect square trinomials, you have to square root the a and b. When solving the polynomial equation, you have to get rid of the fractions with multiplying the greatest common factor to the numerator and dividing your answer to the denom denominator. You'll, I also learned that the shortcut for example one only work with the sign in the middle. Work only work. The shortcut for example one only works if the sign in the middle is negative, and only when subtracting perfect squares. A perfect square is the answer to any number multiplied by itself. So, if you remember in my last episode, I was doing. Um, some French terminology, well, for ballet. So, um, I think I, I don't remember. Oh, I did plie and pirouette last week. So this week, I will do. Let's see. Hold on. Okay, we can do. Hmm, let's look for a good one. We can do arabesque, and arabesque is spelled A-R-A-B-E-S-Q-U-E, and it's a position with one leg with the other raised behind the body and extended in a straight line. And at my level, at my level, my leg in the back has to be at 90 degrees straightened, and my chest has to be pinned up, and everything has to be perfect, and it has to look effortless. And then another French vocabulary term for ballet is chasse. It's spelled C-H-A-S-S, I believe. The accent is on the E, and it's where one foot um, ch chases the position or movement of the other. If it's like um, quasi, quasi or anything like that. So that's another term. And um, yeah, that's it. That's pretty much it for today's episode. Um, next week, I'll try to find better terms. French terms for ballet, well, the ballet, yeah, whatever, um, so thanks so much for listening, and don't forget to share this if you found it helpful, and if you didn't like the, my ballet terms that are in French, then you could just end the podcast after my summary, but if you did, always listen to the end, and thank you so much for listening, bye.